From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski with another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, a show filled with your ghost stories that you've written or called into us. We reiterate them back to you. Sometimes I speak in the creepy voice, like the guy from Dateline, uh, and sometimes I don't, and that's how the show works. And uh, you write in, or you call in. The phone number to call in, by the way, if you have a real ghost story to share with us, is toll-free, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. Website, like I said, realghoststoriesonline.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever it may be, please show us a little bit of love. Give us some positive uh, feedback there, some positive ratings, especially on the iTunes. Some stars, some uh, some positive reviews. That uh, helps us to grow the show and get more real ghost stories for you every single week here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Anything exciting in your world, Jenny Bruski, that you'd like to uh, to share on the show today? I have uh, I have some some wonderful stories and a spooky video. I don't really have any new paranormal news. No, nothing's happened to you as of late. Not since the last show. No. You're kind of freaked out the other day when uh, the <laughs> stereo downstairs clicked at us. It turned off and then it turned back on. It's actually just kind of a bad old stereo that clicks randomly. And it was the first time I did turn on and off. I did go and feel because I was concerned it was overheating or something. I I could understand it turning off, but turning back on was what kind of scared me. I did get, because the girls were in the room with us and you gave me that look like there's like, I didn't know what to think. And, and I just kind of think she thinks there's a ghost. Yeah, she thinks I did. I did. Well, and the day before that, a bird tried to fly in the window. It uh, like flew into the glass and (laughs) bounced off. And (laughs) there's been a lot of birds attacking lately. (laughs) That one was coming after me. I wasn't going after it. And there was a car, a bird that hit the car the other day too. Yes, uh, yes, there was. It's like I don't know. Maybe (laughs) I shouldn't do this show. No, it's because uh, I was talking about killing crows the other day. It's karma. It is. And I. And by the way, I'd like to clarify, I didn't kill any crows. I tried to, but it didn't work, and I gave up. But there's been uh, been quite a few folks unhappy with me. for the. I, no, I said I wasn't going to talk about the crow thing, but I just thought I would now. Because, and I didn't mean to Because there's been up. birds attacking us. There yeah. has been birds attacking nearby in the past. Since I've been shooting at the crows. Yeah, so. And I stopped, but they're, they seem to be, uh, I don't know. There was one that flew into the car, the window, and... Uh, in the same week. And the same week. kind of scared me. And then the stereo was just the icing on the cake. I didn't understand that at all. And I, we haven't had anything in our house, knock on wood. And um, it's just my imagination, I'm convinced. Birds attacking. Yes. It is what it is. And again, I did not kill any crows. I just like to say that one more time. No crows were harmed in the protecting of my bird feeder. So I just wanted to say that. It's okay. There's some angry folks in Scotland that have a few words to say about that on uh, our YouTube. But uh, we thank you for your comments. And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to a letter today. This one comes to us uh, from Oliver. And Oliver writes in, this seems kind of long. I'm sorry. When I was around 13, me and my sister were sitting in our new room or computer room. Remember when you used to have a computer computer room? Yeah. It was like, oh, this, this is a one room. And like everyone has like a computer in their hands and oh, yeah. a laptop and there's no computer room. I don't use a computer. I use my phone. 
Yeah, that's almost. There's no. You should have a room just to use your phone. Phone room. Phone room. I believe it's called a phone booth. Anyway, <laughs> I was on the couch watching TV, and my sister was on the computer. Out of nowhere, we heard a loud bang from behind the couch, scaring the crap out of us. When I investigated, I discovered that the noise was an old metal popcorn bucket. It had a huge dent in the side. But what was creepier and creeping us out was that there was nothing around that it could have hit it. A few minutes after that, we were creeped out, so we decided to go to bed. As I was closing my eyes, I heard something scream, No! right in my ear. I did not sleep that night. My sister and I have both kind of had a lot of experiences, including hearing voices of which seems to be cops banging noises in my parents' room, seeing shadow figures in the hall, and seeing little orbs float around. I actually caught some orbs on my camera one time. I had it set down to go get my dogs away, and my cat and I had left it recording. When I was looking through it, I noticed these little lights floating down the doorway, and the last one shooting from my kitchen towards my mom. I'm looking at the video just to show them to you. They're kind of hard to see in the open areas, but if you watch the brown corner, uh, my counter, in the bottom left of the doorway, you can see one dropping down uh, the near the end you can see one dropping from the doorway splitting in two it seems and then dropping slightly when shooting over towards the right where my mom was they still do not believe that these are things in my house and sometimes i feel crazy but if these are things i would just like to know what and why my dad sometimes likes to joke and say it's my own fault for being so into the paranormal community and for frequently visiting graveyards and cemeteries I wouldn't be all that surprised if something attached itself to me at a cemetery. I empathize too much with people. I never know. And who are dead. I go there often and check graves and clean them off when they start to break or get extremely dirty. You know what's sad? When you can't read what's on a grave marker anymore. Because, really, that's the only thing the person has left that they can call their own. The last experience I'm sending is from a place called Dead Children's Playground. You may or may not have heard of this playground. It's located in Huntsville, Alabama, right beside Maple Hill Cemetery. If you want more information on the playground itself, I could tell you. But back to the story, I was climbing on the rocks to get some pictures when I heard a little child's giggle up beside me. It was only me and my mom there at the time. When I was climbing down from the rocks, I could see the swings moving by themselves. It was not windy, and I could not explain how they were moving. We didn't stay there long after that, but it was very creepy hearing a little kid giggle right beside you. I can imagine. There's really nothing creepier than the idea of the ghost children. Why is there a whole playground for these ghost children? I want to know if, like, the sign outside of it, you know, like, where the signs say, like, Sunny Hill Cemetery. Is that one, like, literally in, like, really happy city lettering with a big rainbow? Dead children's playground. I don't know. I can't imagine that's what the playground is technically called. But, uh, no, I've not heard of that one. I, I, I wonder what that story is. So, yes, I would love to hear uh, more of that story uh, if you'd like to write in and share what the, what the backstory is on that, that playground. We could look into that a little bit more, too. I wonder. Let's look at the video that they, uh, they sent to us. I'm just going to press play here. And we'll put this up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. So... You can watch it as well. What we're looking at right now is just really like a camera sitting on a counter. There's a couple cords in there. And uh, it's viewing into a kitchen and a doorway with a bit of a window. This is about a 40-second video. We're 10 seconds into it, and I've seen absolutely nothing yet. 
one of those vintage wedding photos up on the wall. And I think we're supposed to be seeing an orb or something of some sort coming into view here. There we go, right by the door frame. There it is floating. And it goes... There it is, that was it. It's an orb fl slowly floating through the room, and you could tell the perspective on it that it wasn't necessarily a a piece of dust right in front of the camera because it it was far too big to be that far away being picked up by the camera. Right. And it was perspectively in the kitchen. You could tell when it went through the door frame or past the door frame in the kitchen and, and past it. Is that kind of like what you saw? Mine was bigger. So, it, but an orb, but bigger. Yeah, yeah. It was. It that was, sort of speed. Yeah, it was pretty slow though, and uh, once it moved, it was about that speed. But the one that I saw as a child that we talked about was it was about two feet big, you know, kind of a, a oblong shape. So it was like one of those punching balls that you'd get at uh, KB Toys as a kid, like that size. Yeah, about that size. Wow. That's a big orb. And I didn't, you know, it didn't have any definition to it. It was uh -huh. just that big. And uh, then it was smaller when it moved, but when it was floating, it was bigger. Wow. So uh, really almost kind of, was it like a bubble? You, you know how bubbles kind of transform shape a little bit when they move, you know what I'm saying? I guess in that way, yeah. You know, they still kind of stay a circle, but they, you know, especially the big ones, they kind of wiggle around a little bit, mm -hmm. jello-ish. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like this, when it was floating, like it was watching me sleep. But I didn't feel endangered yeah. by it. I, like I said, I, I feel like it was like a child spirit. I caught an orb on camera once, mm -hmm. and this was in the uh, Wausau, uh, it was the, the UW Extension building there uh, at the campus and there's a ghost story there of a janitor I don't know how he died or what the backstory is uh, but of a dead janitor essentially that uh, roams the halls of this campus building and it's I forgot what the name of the hall is it's like one of the main ones on campus there and uh, it's really not an older campus-type building that you would think of. It is it is not your atypical 1875-built brick building. It looks like something that was constructed, and probably was constructed mid-70s, 60s, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere around there. Um, and just very, you know, semi-modern-looking. Mm -hmm. So you don't get that creepy feel as you walk through the halls. We walked through there with a camera, and this was 2001, and... We're just trying to capture something because of the stories that we had heard about uh, the janitor. And what we captured uh, was some orbs going into, actually coming out of uh, an elevator. Okay. We were walking down, about to leave, saw nothing, heard nothing. As we were about to leave the, the building, the elevator doors, and this is eight at night. There's no classes going on mm -hmm. anymore. It's pretty well shut down. Um, but the lights are on. The elevator doors open. No one's in the elevator. We didn't press the elevator. We were not on the elevator. We we're just heading out the door. Elevator doors open. And so we turn our camera that way. And then we didn't physically see the orb. We okay. saw it on the camera when we looked back at the film later. 
But as the door opened, these orbs just kind of went out of the elevator and just moved on. That was going to be my question, if he saw it or if it was just on camera. Just on camera. Just physically moved right out. And it was odd. I mean, I suppose you could argue dust of some sort, but we didn't get dust anywhere else in that building. It was well, what's going to cause the elevator to operate? Well, exactly. That was the other part. You know, it was no one was in there either. No. It just opened up and the orbs got out. So, makes me wonder why do orbs have to use elevators? <laughs> I don't know. If you're an orb and you are able to free float and pretty much go wherever you want through walls and things, do you need the elevator? No, probably not. But you know, but but it's electronic, and maybe they, that's how they were going to get the attention. They knew it, it knew it could manipulate something electronically mm-hmm. as we were coming down the hall, and that would get us to look that way with the camera. And maybe it knew that it would be able to possibly be picked up by the camera. I don't know. Maybe if you are new to being a ghost and you haven't quite adjusted to the fact that you can do all these things, you still try and do them the way you used to when you were alive. I could see that. Just kind of keep doing everything over I get kind of set in my ways. I could see me being a stubborn ghost that still wants to use the elevator. I enjoy using elevators. I would still be the one that's jumping, too, when the elevator is going (laughs) down. Okay, I'm going to get an extra two inches off the ground when I jump. I would do that. And the elevator shakes and scares everyone inside. Let's go to another uh, real ghost story. And by the way, if you have a real ghost story you'd like to share with us, please give us a call. Toll free, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. hours a day, seven days a week. You can call in and share your real ghost story. This one comes into us from Matthew. Matthew says, I am 45 years old, married to a lovely woman. We have three daughter, daughters, ages 4, 11, and 9. 14. 14. I'm sorry. 14. There, there's a big difference there. <laughs> 11 and 9. I have never told anyone what you are about to hear. I'm an axe murderer. My family does not know it, but I wanted to... Okay. No. Uh, I wish I could take a lie detector test... And want to, because this is going to sound bizarre. Hey, try us. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Have you listened to the show lately? In 2007, we bought this home. We we moved from Missouri uh, to Missouri from Arkansas until the age of 37. I have never believed in ghosts or had any paranormal experiences. Actually, we lived here for three years before our first experience, so I was 40. My wife likes to buy antiques, and I've always blamed her stuff for this. Okay. Okay, the very first thing that happened was I had this two-month-old puppy and had taken him outside to use the bathroom, trying to get him to relieve himself. He wouldn't, so I was getting my foot easy and rolling him back on the grass. Right behind me, the most creepiest growl you can imagine that was loud and continuous began. I reached down, grabbed my puppy, and knew... It was not a living thing growling at me beside me. The growl came from the porch right behind me. I don't know why, but I yelled at it saying, Shut the blank up. Trying to not act scared when the growl got loud as me and really just evil. Just to note, as I was opening the door to go into the house, the thing growling back never took a breath. The very long growl was more vicious than any animal growl you could ever hear, intensifying as I made my way right beside it. Just unreal. I was scared very bad. The kids were asleep. My my wife and I were in the living room 
when our bathroom door slammed so hard, I thought it was going to be off track. I mean, like, bam. Our kids did not use that bathroom. And also, upon checking, they were on the other side of the house. My wife was walking by the living room and stopped in her tracks because a woman was singing a song from the couch area. My 11-year-old had seen a black shadow person coming out of my bedroom up in the hall and into that same bathroom that the door slammed. Freaked her out, so I believed her. You can tell. I was upstairs talking to my 14-year-old, and this man's voice, louder and deeper than mine, mocked me. Exactly what I just said. This wasn't some hard-to-hear EVP. This was a normal, plain-as-day, very deep voice coming from right beside us. Another time, the same thing happened. So this proves to me that they can hear us and has enough intelligence to repeat me. The second time, I was in my bedroom watching something scary on TV. This time, my 11-year-old, who had seen the shadow person, was beside me. I was messing with her and went like, ooh. Instantly, in the bedroom with us, it mocked me. Very loud and plain as day. My daughter grabbed my arm and said, Did you hear that? Without answering her, I said, Shut up, don't talk about it. Because it freaked me out so bad. I felt bad and explained to her later. My nine-year-old has seen exactly what I'm about to tell you. And I know this because I'd seen her too first. This is the creepiest thing that has ever happened to me. I'll tell you my first episode. One night, it was storming very bad. The kind where the lightning booms and cracks out of nowhere. Well, I, could, I couldn't sleep, so I was watching the TV beside the bed. When the cable announcement came on, warning of tornadoes, I turned my head facing the doorway, waiting for the boring beep-beep to stop from the TV and my show to continue. Now think of the hallway half-lit because the bathroom light says on it that hallway stays on in that hallway. Plus my TV was on. I mean, you could identify anyone. Anyway, out of nowhere, as I'm looking at my doorway, a female appeared as to wanting to walk in my room. She stopped upon seeing me, and she put her left hand on the door frame, just staring at me. Maybe three or four seconds of us staring at each other. I realized, number one, she's not my daughter. She's a grown woman. Secondly, she was wearing some old pajamas. A woman from the past might wear under a dress. It was thin like silk. The instant I knew what I was looking at was when she had no facial features or eyeballs, just like an off-white big hole sockets. The figure, other than that, looked like a real person, but no face freaked me out. I sat up in bed. She instantly spun and glided up the hallway when she came. Her blonde hair was floating straight out of the last, was the last thing I had seen, giving me further confirmation as to what I had just seen. I promise you upon everything in me, it was exactly as she was coming in my room and was just as surprised as I was to see me. Words don't explain how I was feeling. This whole thing was five or six seconds, not a glimpse or some maybe side shadow out of the corner of my eye. I was 10 feet away and wide awake. About a week later, as I said, my nine-year-old said she was running to us, described the woman staring at her in our kitchen. Her not knowing details of what I had seen, she described her to me. 
Other things have happened, but for some reason, it is like they are not trying to really scare us, though they have. I mean, besides the growl, which I think something was not liking me. Or the puppy. Something was warning me to stop, and getting mocked was creepy. Nothing has happened in six months, so I don't know. Everything you heard was in a time span of around three years. I thought about getting my house investigated, but I'm scared to invoke them. No personal harm has ever happened to us. I do not believe we help spirits move on. They are here by choice, maybe scared to move on because of fear of hell. Who really knows? Nobody can convince me that they know what is on the other side of the light. I believe in God. I love God. I choose to believe real or not. I believe, if that makes any sense. I also think that a lot of these so-called demons are really human spirits. I mean, do these people who believe that they, the way that they think that bad people who die are nice now? Demons are real too, but I don't think we have demons here. Because that would freak me out too bad. I believe we have an angel demon here, right? These spirits cannot be explained away, and no one can convince me otherwise. They're also aware of us. I want to try an EVP, but I'm scared of no way. If I had filmed this woman, it would have been amazing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for that story. I think you have demons. You think it's a demon? With the mocking and the growling. Yeah, the growling is kind of what made me go there, and the mocking seems to play into that a little bit more, too. Well, but could it be two things? Could it be a demon and just a, a sure. ghost? I, I mean, could see it being a, a handful of things. Yeah, because I, I don't think the the female had any bad intent. No, and I it's interesting where he said that the, the female seemed to be surprised to see him, too. I wonder how often we surprise the ghosts. That's true. Yeah, because here's a thought. If they're on the other dimension, are they sometimes just not seeing us at all, either? I don't know. You know, maybe they're on a totally different plane. Everything is still there for them that they had. And they're just, you know, it just kind of overlaps and we're not in their plane. And then maybe we're the ghosts to them. Huh? Yeah, there you go. And the plot thickens. <laughs> it's just another, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's, it, seriously, it's just another way of looking at it because there's really no way of knowing any of these answers. No. But it is, it's like, well, if this could be a possibility, that could be a possibility too. My other question is, yeah, the tornado warning. What the hell are you doing waiting for your show to come back on? <laughs> I don't think he was waiting. I think it was just kind of getting his, <laughs> his, well, not his, I mean, he was awake. But you know when you have a tornado warning come on and you're in bed sure. and you're just kind of scrambling. I suppose seeing a ghost would probably make you stop thinking of the tornado warning. Yeah. It probably would make me pause a little bit, too. <laughs> Yeah. I was gonna. My, I was wondering if it was gonna go to, the ghost was somehow going to try and lead him to like the basement, of, oh. li of like, there's a tornado coming, you're not going to do anything because you're used to hearing this stuff, and there's a lot of complacency that goes on with that, and the ghost is gonna save the day, and the tornado is gonna hit the house. That's what I was waiting for. That would have been one of those benevolent ghosts. That'd have been a very nice one. Mm -hmm. But then, what happens to the ghost then at that point? goes away. Does the well, ghost still get to stick around on the property? I don't know. Does, or does, is that like the ghost good deed and they move on? I wonder how much of a choice they have on where they are. Well, I mean, that that's another thing where you wonder 
what is the entity mm-hmm. and I, I almost think depending on what type of entity it is that really kind of helps determine what their their space of movement is if you will right you know I, I think the demonic stuff can pretty much go whatever it wants the more I hear stories of ghosts that are humans I think you may be a little bit limited which kind of sucks because I think it'd be great to be a ghost and travel the world you know, I wonder, he mentioned that um, the wife collected antiques, you know, and we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. I often wonder how how many spirits are attached to things like that, you know, like that haunted collector show. Sure. Well, I mean, you do hear that a lot of times where you have objects that are brought into homes and then things start happening, the object goes away, things stop happening. You know, and I, I love antiquing, and I don't like that thought. I don't even you know, like that. I would think, if that's the case, and I don't discard it as it not being the case, I think that very likely there are a lot of objects that have things attached to them. Wouldn't that make antique stores some of the most haunted places on the planet? Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was thinking there's that huge one that we go to, that that would be amazing to go there at night. I wonder what those security cameras catch. I mean, seriously, that it would be an interesting topic, haunted antique stores. Yeah. Because there's probably quite a bit of it that goes on. If you are an antique store owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if you know of, of any you know, st- stories of haunted antique stores, write in. I'd love to hear those stories or talk to some of the folks who run those stores and hear hear some of their stories. I know the one that we go to is like 500 security cameras around it. That would be interesting to see if they've ever, you know, had things. Although I think it's it's basically run by folks that look like the church basement ladies. So no. I don't know that they're actually going back and checking the... One of the guys that is at the one that we go to, he's been doing this for a long time. Cause I remember as a child going antiquing with my parents, he worked at an antique store then. Mm-hmm. So He's got some stories. Maybe he does. It'd be interesting. I could ask him. If you have a real ghost story, please uh, give us a call. Toll free, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call. Or you can always just go to Real Ghost Stories Online and click the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. And we will uh, share your ghost story on a future episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, next letter comes to us from Megan. Uh, Megan writes, first off, I shared my love of the show. Here's a link. Thank you, Megan. We really do appreciate that. And, of course, encourage that sort of behavior around here. You get a, a green slip for that, and that's the, the gold slip of the day. Did she get that bonus episode? She did get the bonus episode. Uh, so, actually, I don't know if I've emailed that to Megan yet because this is a ghost story. Megan, I will email you the bonus episode. <clears throat> we do have a, a free bonus episode um, that you get if you uh, share the show and then send us a screenshot. You just email that to Tony, T-O-N-Y. T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com and you can get that bonus episode as well. Anyway, uh, on to Megan's story. I had a number of strange paranormal experiences in my life. Here are a few quickies. Shortly after my father died, I spent a lot of time hiking near my home in the Pacific Northwest. Once I was coming upon a popular photo op spot on a bridge for people wanting to walk a short distance to one of the magnificent falls along the trail. I sent someone watching me. And way across the bridge, I could see a man in the 1970s hiking gear and clothes, and he appeared to be staring right at me. Though he was very far off, I knew he was smiling at me. 
I walked towards the bridge, imagining I would say hello to this older-looking man when I passed. I continued to feel watched, even though he had gone when I crossed the bridge. I sensed his smile and looked up and saw he was now at a much higher elevation looking down. He gave me a little wave. I could not imagine him being able to get there so fast. I challenged myself to run to see how quickly I could reach it. It took me at least three times as long as it seemed to have taken him. I was puzzled and felt a connection to him. I was sad that he was no longer at the top of the hill when I reached it. The trail was out and back, and it was time to turn around. A few miles in, there were no other hikers to be seen. I came to a crossing that I did not recall. I wasn't panicked, but began to take off my pack to check my map. I hadn't heard a leaf rustle or light footsteps. I had seen or heard no one for about two hours, yet I was there, smiling, and his appearance was somehow filmy and silky. His color was like a, des- a desaturated old-time photo. You parked that way, was all he said, and when he pointed on the path, I was completely sure of the way. I wasn't surprised when, without a sound, he was gone. When I turned to thank him, he was glancing briefly towards where he pointed. Recently, I was practicing songs for a theater audition after a long break from acting. I was nervous and excited and sometimes practiced in the middle of the night. As I am an insomniac, my husband is a very loud or a very sound sleeper. I began to feel watched in a way that I often do in the living room. I began to hear either humming or very light whistling. When I would stop, I would hear the last few bars of what I was whistling repeated, again, either in a hum or a whistle. I played with that for a bit, began to feel creepy, and asked her, the sound was feminine, to stop so I could focus. I only heard one more sound. After I sang the song again alone, I heard a very delicate clapping. I was close with my parental grandfather. He was bipolar, though in those days people said eccentric. He could be brilliant and was always kind, but suffered terribly from the disease, as did his wife and children. I remember every time I would see him at his home lying on the couch, I would ask how he was. He would say, real bad, can you help me? I still, it still saddens me deeply to think of. Driving home from a summer trip before my senior year of high school, I took a rest and had a dream unlike any I had ever had before. It seemed real, and yet I knew I was dreaming. My grandpa was there, looking healthy in what looked like a spiffy golfing outfit. He looked at me with the kind eyes I knew, but with a new light in them. He said he just wanted to tell me that he was okay and he didn't need help anymore, and that he loved me so much it hurt. Another six hours of driving, and when I got home, my dad was standing in the driveway looking down. When he came to hug me, it wasn't with the usual welcome home exuberance he always had for me. He said he had something to tell me. I told him I dreamt Grandpa died and that he felt good now and hoped it made him feel better to know that his dad was happy now. Later, I learned it was a suicide, and it made me feel hopeful that whatever rules the universe shows mercy towards those who suffer mental illness love the show keep it up megan there you go all three of those were great 
That's interesting with the the humming back and the clapping. I thought that was neat. They obviously enjoyed what she was doing. <laughs> and they show like uh, yeah, appreciation. Approval. That that I that that clearly to me those are human ghosts in that story where I don't have a whole lot of question about it where I think ah oh, it's something demonic pretending to be something else you that's know, just clear that's people you know what I thought about the first one um, when she said it was recently after her dad had passed away and that she was hiking and she mentioned that the hiker had you know clothes looking like from the seventies mm-hmm. it made me wonder at first if she was going to say it and that you know that she realized it was her dad. From mm-hmm. a long time ago, sure, like a younger version, right? Right, that's where I thought it was going because she also said there was like a familiarity sure. about him. If you get to be a ghost, I, that's an interesting thought. If there's a familiarity about him, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I would think she'd thought of that. Sure, I don't think there's maybe there's a revelation being made right now when she's listening to this I don't know but I would think maybe she did think of that well and I would imagine that she would know what her father looked like in his younger years you know I know what my dad looked like before I was born because I wonder what you when you if you if you get to to be a ghost if you can choose to be a ghost do you get to choose what age you're at do you get to choose what which part of you gets to go or or is it just whatever you die that that's that's the ghost you're going to be I don't no, I hope you get to pick and go back to your best time. That'd be kind of cool. But then I don't know why there's so many cranky, upset ghosts if there are, if there is that option. If you get the option. I think I get hair back. Yeah. I would, you wouldn't like that, though. No, I, I've always known you as being can, bald. Can you style your hair as a ghost? If you, it's, a... it's probably... Is there, like, just for ghost men? Or... I don't know. Do you have to worry about the gray hair? Because what is not you wouldn't have gray hair, then. No, you wouldn't. That answers that. The last story I really liked, and I am hopeful as well for people with mental illness. That sure. touches a soft spot in my heart. That sure. Somebody that loses their battle to that, that they do get to go on. Sure. So. If you have a real ghost story, give us a call. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to share your ghost story with us. This one comes to us from Russ. Russ writes in, I'm a 36-year-old born and raised in Chicago Burbs and have never seen a ghost. I've had some creepy feelings, but attribute that to being a horror movie fan with a very active imagination. The closest thing I have had to an unexplained occurrence was a few days after we moved into our current house, which is about 30 years old. We were sitting in the living room with a few friends and heard something fall in the kitchen. I found a cupboard door wide open and Rubbermaid containers on the floor. Of course, that got a laugh from friends that a ghost must be welcoming us to our new house. And now for the story. My wife is 37. We have two girls, age 5 and 6. My father-in-law has had many supernatural experiences and has said he's seen spirits in our house from time to time. I'm not sure what to make of it because... As I said, I have never seen or felt anything that would make me say, yep, that's a ghost. My wife had an IUD, intrauterine device for birth control, which is 99.1% effective against pregnancy since I was a big chicken about having a vasectomy. We found out that she was six weeks pregnant and we were the less than 1% to have a normal uterine pregnancy that was healthy. 
and 50% of pregnancies with an IUD weren't normal or in the uterus, but ours was. We were shocked and mixed because our family was complete and we had no more plans for any additional children. It was about seven days of emotion before we came to accept that we were going to be having a baby. My wife had an ultrasound on a Friday and it showed a strong heartbeat and a normal pregnancy within. We were still in shock about being pregnant and everyone told us that this was a baby that chose us and was beating the odds. Four nights later, on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I heard my wife saying something around 3.30 a.m. I thought she was dreaming and said, Jen, you're dreaming. No, she whispered as she was sitting up in bed. I rolled over and said, go back to sleep. You had a dream. She told me to get something, and she sounded extremely scared. So I took notice in her tone of voice and said, what? Again, she said, get something. Get someone's in the house. Adrenaline immediately pumped into my veins. I slept in my grandfather's World War II Coast Guard nightstick next to my bed and grabbed it. I said, are you sure? Were you dreaming? I have been with my wife for 14 years, and I've never heard her so scared as when she told me I saw someone, someone's in the house. I went to my girl's room and checked the bunk beds. They were sawing logs and sound asleep. So I turned down the hallway. With adrenaline pumping and ready to strike the first human form I saw, I started flipping on lights. I slowly went from room to room and saw all the exterior doors and windows closed. I started to ease up and realize that there was nobody in the house. When I went back, my wife had all the lights on and looked like she saw her ghost. She told me that she woke up and she started scanning the room and her eyes locked on a human figure a few feet in front of the bed. She froze and tried to scream and said she had never been that scared in her life. She felt absolute terror and it took her a few seconds to even try to rouse me. She said that when I sat up, I was still there and kind of faded away. She thought it was a person, and they somehow left the room. But when I got up and out of the room, she realized she had seen a ghost and still felt its presence when I got back and was trying to calm her down. I had her turn the lights and the TV, and she was up the rest of the night wide awake. She swears she felt its presence until the morning when my oldest daughter awoke and came into our room. She went for another scheduled ultrasound on Thursday afternoon, and sadly the baby's heart had stopped beating. From the ultrasound, her doctor told her that she could tell from its size it stopped growing in one to two days ago, at which was when my wife saw the ghost in our room. I'm not sure how the spirit world works, but I feel that the visitor must have been an escort of some type to assist our unborn child to a next plane of existence. I did a quick Google search on pregnant women and ghosts and was surprised to find that many, many women seem to see supernatural things when they're pregnant. Some attribute it to the fact that they're carrying a human being who is in transition from the spirit world to the human world, and that connection allows them to see what some children see. We both believe that what we saw was indeed an escort of some type to guide that spirit onto its next journey. Oh, and by the way, I heard someone explain that the older a spirit is, the more misty or deteriorated they will be. That if spirits are energy, that energy will fade over time. So you may see a spirit from the Civil War era, but unlikely from the time of Christ. Love the show. Wow. Well, with that thinking, that kind of answers one of your questions you had, because you said you never see B.C. Uh, BC ghosts yeah you know that's an interesting observation that the energy fades away but does that 
does the ghost fade away? Because energy can't really die. Or does it just go into other things? I think it just goes into other things. So does that mean you eventually do fade away? Well, maybe so. Otherwise, could you imagine how many ghosts there would be from the entire existence of the world? That's what I couldn't figure out. Yeah, so maybe that... I mean, there's some logic there to that. That's interesting. Does the consciousness fade away then, too? I don't know. Because I want to I exist pretty much forever. Well, yeah, you get what you get, <laughs> and you don't throw a fit, so there. <laughs> Knowledge from our daughter's first grade teacher. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, another ghost story, and if you have a ghost story, call in to us. The phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, to share your real ghost story. Of course, you can always write in as well at Real Ghost Stories Online. This comes to us from Griffin. Griffin writes in, This story begins with my mother and I moving to a new house when I was five. The house sat on a bluff facing the ocean. Had a front yard with grass before hitting the sidewalk in the street. The backyard had an empty pool and a disconnected garage. The first strange occurrence in the house was a TV that we had put in the kitchen. Every night at 8 p.m. the television would turn on and no matter what channel it had been on, it would turn to channel four. This happened every night for two months. And I thought it was quite weird. But my mom said it was fine. And as a five-year-old, I just took her word for it. Not much happened for a couple of years until we started doing some remodeling on the house. To make the story flow a bit more, I'll break into categories. For each type of appearance that happened on more than one occurrence. First was my bathroom, which was located right outside my room. I felt a very strange presence while in there. I never had that heart-stopping event of something appearing in the mirror, but I had countless friends tell me exactly what I felt, as if there was something watching them while they were in the bathroom. Next was the orbs. I have seen more orbs than I can count, but two really impacted me. One was while my at-the-time girlfriend, now wife, were sitting in our bed. I turned to her, and this pulsing orb went over her head. She looked up to see what I was looking at, and just as she caught a glimmer, it disappeared into the wall. It startled us because we all had lights on, but could see this was a quarter-sized orb very clearly. The second orb also happened while I was on my bed. It was the day outside, so it was pretty light. I was watching a TV show and saw something out of the corner of my eye. I looked at the object and, for the first time, was taken aback. An orb is not quite the correct term, but more of a partial apparition that grew as I stared at it. At first, it was a couple of feet from me, and again was only about the size of a quarter, but it slowly moved towards me. I finally got about a foot from me, and now was more of a smoky object the size of the average computer monitor. I did not know what to do but to stare at it as it kept creeping closer, but it then faded into the air. It was so amazing to me, I called up anyone I knew that cared about paranormal. I love ghosts and hauntings, and to see something so real right in front of me was really, truly awesome. Then came the voices. There's a couple of occasions where I thought I heard knocking or those old creaky house sounds. But I could not shake off the first time I heard my mother call my name out loud 
and me knowing I had seen my mother leave the house. This happened three times, and every time I checked everywhere, and no one was in or around the house. Even my mother's car was gone. It clearly could not have been her. I thought that it was, but recently my wife told me she heard it once too. She was in the backyard and suddenly heard my mother call my name. But I was at work. My wife went inside to see my mother. She needed help with anything, only discovered the same as I had. She had already gone. No one was at our house, but she swears the voice not only came from the house, but that it was my mother's. The last of the appearances was a full-bodied apparition. I was cooking in our kitchen when I noticed a man walking up our driveway. The kitchen was French doors, so the whole front yard is visible with the driveway to, into the night or to the right. The driveway went up next to the house, leading to the garage in the backyard, and there was a window or kitchen sink peering over the driveway on the side of the house. The man walked up the driveway all the way to where I could not see him, so I ran over to the kitchen window to see if I was going to try to get to the backyard and I could confront him, but no one was there. I was only brief. It was an elderly man, about six foot in height. I could just not believe that he could have ran away or something of that nature. About a year had gone by when the same situation happened. I was in the kitchen and I see out of the corner of my eye the same old man, this time walking down the driveway. Our lot was divided by a five foot hedge on the side of the of the driveway so the man walked and turned left going behind the hedge i could see over the hedge and see where the sidewalk continued but the man never appeared on the other side i ran out but no one was there this time i could see he was wearing a dark blue denim jacket light blue jeans and had white hair never felt afraid of the man but could not figure out what he wanted a couple years went by with nothing then one day I was walking outside from the kitchen through the French doors. As I looked up, the same old man was now on my lawn only 15 feet in front of me. He walked from left to right, making no notice of my presence. And the further he walked, the more he seemed to fade away until he was gone, completely vanishing right in front of my eyes. That was the last time I ever saw him, but was not the last of his presence. I was throwing a party and had a bunch of friends over. We were all in the backyard, but in front of the garage, hanging out, having a good time, when three of my guests ran up clearly shocked. They told me they had just seen a man in my backyard, and they ran to confront him, but he walked behind the garage and was not seen again. I asked if he was an elderly, elderly man wearing a denim jacket, and their eyes widened, giving me my answer. That house had much activity, and there were a ton of small occurrences. I decided to leave out. Everything always became active when we started remodeling or doing construction on the property. So I'm a big believer in that sort of thing, bringing out spirits when the foundation is messed with. My last note will be that I believe that part of the house has stuck with me. I seemed to get these random spurts of severe depression where I would break down and cry for absolutely no reason. I would get absurdly aggressive out of the blue and I would feel like something was around every turn. I would see a shadow that felt out of place and would feel the same energy every time. I have since moved out of the house, and the description and aggression has subsided, but every now and then I still see the shadow following me, giving me that creepy vibe that I am never truly alone. Thanks for the story. Very good story. It makes you wonder too if it's following you around and we were talking about objects earlier maybe it's an object it could be um or you know it could be just 
he could be one of those HSP, highly sensitive people. Sure. Or something evil attached itself to him. Yeah. You know, but the interesting thing is it sounds like what was going on in the house not necessarily also evil, no. if you will, or dark. But when you kind of, if something's bringing out that, you know, the the not-so-kind side of human nature, that doesn't necessarily feel to me like it's, you know, one of the old man with the gray hair is following him. No, but I think he's just... My my perspective is I think he's sensitive and he is feeling whatever that entity is projecting. Yeah. That he's essentially that entity's microphone. And it knows that it can project yeah. through him. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's following him. Mm-hmm. I think we just solved something there. Maybe. That's mm-hmm. where, where ghosts, if they... If, if you are the conduit and they realize you're a good conduit for them, they're going to keep following you. And you have essentially a paranormal kick me sign on your back for all ghosts to see saying, hey, this dude will feel and project whatever you want. And write into ghost shows and tell my story. I'm glad he wrote in. I, I am too. I'm amazed that he could even tell with the elderly man that he was wearing a dark blue denim jacket, but light blue jeans. That is just that's interesting, though, with some of the some of the ghosts. I mean, you hear more more so than not that you don't even realize that they're not a ghost until yeah. it's too late. It just looks like a regular person. It makes you wonder when you're in a crowded place. Are we normally seeing ghosts? We just don't really realize it because you know they're just there amongst us. Makes me think of our ghost waiter we had. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is the phone number to call into the show, and uh, you can share your real ghost story with us, and we'll play it back on a future episode of course please share the show let your friends know about us give us some love on itunes stitcher youtube some stars some reviews that helps us get more ghost stories and helps us create a better show for you every single week so until next time for jenny brewski i am tony brewski thank you for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online mm-hmm.